John 14. And uh, we're, I want to share a message with you, begin, beginning tonight at least, and we'll see how far we go. And, uh, and I believe the Lord wants to do something in our midst tonight, and not just tonight, but to be an ongoing thing. And uh, I don't take any subject of the Bible lightly, uh, but whenever the Lord puts something on our heart, it's one of those things, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that, Lord, you want to do something, and you want to do it now. Okay, and uh, you know, in, in seeking God and praying about where which direction we should go, tell you the truth, sometimes I know a good bit in advance, and I know this is just something's burning on the inside, like Jeremiah said, it's like fire shut up in my bones, and, I, and it's a message I've got to give out, and, and uh, something I've got to give, and sometimes it's like, I don't know what to speak on, <laughs> and, and when I say that, it's not like there's not a gazillion subjects that you could just randomly pick, but I don't approach it that way. And uh, I don't just look, look for an old sermon, think, well, what subject haven't I dealt with for a while? I don't really approach it that way. I pray and look until something registers. Something says, there's an anoint- it can tell there's an anointing on it. And I think, okay, that's the way we're going to go. That's the direction we're going to take. And, uh, and when we do that, I know that it's right for the time. I mean, any message, any word from God is right in a general sense it's right at any time but specifically when we have a a local church there are things going on in your life that i don't know about there are things going on in the plan of god god's provision and his plan for us corporately and individually that we don't necessarily know about but we've got to be sensitive to hear his voice to pray the right way to speak the right thing to prepare in certain ways so that when god wants to do something uh, we'll be right there ready for it, okay? Equipment in hand, ready to build something great for the kingdom of God. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you tonight for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your life that's in us. We do ask you for direction, instruction, and righteousness tonight. May each and every one of us be equipped, thoroughly furnished unto every good work we give you thanks in advance for all that you're about to say and do in jesus name amen well uh john chapter 14 and verse 21 14:21. jesus said he who has my commandments and keeps them it is he who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Everybody say, manifest. God wants to manifest himself to us. In fact, specific instructions here were given that we should keep his commandments, which is a demonstration of our love for him and then god loves us and manifests himself to us i want you to know that god is not endeavoring to keep hidden from people many people live their lives as if god doesn't exist many christians live their lives not as if he doesn't exist but like he's not real like he's not here, like he's not in the now and active and involved in their lives. God is not hiding himself from us, but there are things we can do so that God's presence will be manifest in our lives. We know that specifically it is manifest through being born again, through the new birth. But there are ongoing experiences that we can and should have with God to where He is not just behind the veil, so to speak, but He is active and He is moving and He is manifest in our lives. I don't know about you, but I love to hear good explanation and teaching and instruction and and I, I, you know, I I get a buzz off good teaching, so to speak. But... There is something beyond, I don't mean that, I don't mean beyond as in place of, but there are things beyond just teaching. God is alive. His Spirit has come to indwell us, to be in us, 
to be upon us. And we are to experience a manifestation of God in our lives. And God wants to do it. He wants to manifest in you. Now, when you talk about manifest, uh, let's just have an understanding of what that means. If something is manifest, it's revealed. It's made obvious. Okay? We think of it in terms of the spirit realm and the physical realm. If, if we were to, uh, well, we could say this without any manifestation, that there are angels in this place right now. Okay, and we don't have, we're not going to go into the scriptures that reveal that for the, in this message, but we know this, that there are angels here in this place, and they are saying amen louder than you, okay? Just kidding about that, but <laughs> maybe they are, praise the Lord. And, uh, but we could know that they're here without them being manifest, but what would it mean if an angel were to manifest? Well, it would become obvious to us. In other words, we would most likely, the best way to describe that, we would see them if they were in manifestation in this place, okay? Whether you want to talk about divine healing, how many know that starts in the spirit realm? It's a spiritual provision and power and anointing, but when it's manifest, what happens? It comes into the natural realm and can be, what it does is it changes physical bodies, Okay, even a even an anointing of the Spirit of God can be manifest really in different ways. I don't want to limit it to one thing, but many times when an anointing is tangible, it's coming out of the spirit realm, and when it's tangible, people can actually feel it. Okay, and what is that? That's a manifestation of the Spirit, the anointing of, of God's Spirit. And so the Lord desires to manifest Himself to you. And in your life to where uh, the relationship that you have with God is not limited to an explanation or a teaching, not to diminish that, but it goes also into an area where you experience God himself in your life, okay? That is very, very important for us to have. What I'm talking to you about and what this message is going to deal with is the glory of God. All right. We want to experience and have a manifestation of the glory of God. And I say that, I say we want it, not that we haven't, but we can have more and there can be increase and there can be a continual manifestation of these things. Again, manifest to appear means to declare, it means to show, means to signify, it's an exhibit. God wants to be on display in our midst. Praise God. Uh, he is a God not just of tell, but of show and tell. All right? Don't, don't just talk about show Him. And that's what He wants to do. How many know that we were created to live in the glory of God? In other words, it's not the glory of God is not supposed to be such a mystery to us. But we were designed to live in that place, to inhabit the glory. It's only by sin that we've been separated from the glory of God, and it's at all strange to us, okay? Uh, sin has done that, but of course the Lord has made a way, and He wants us to experience. Listen, there were folks in the Old Testament before salvation appeared unto them in Jesus, and some of them had some special opportunities, and they were able to see God's glory. This is spiritually dead people. How much more for those of us who are alive in Christ? And listen, we can talk about the glory of God in heaven, and I think it's going to be pretty fun. I think, I think we're going to see, see the glory of God in such a tremendous way, and we'll look at God himself, and we'll see his very glory and experience it probably 24-7, and we'll have bodies that can handle it, and it'll be outstanding and amazing. And, but we, we could talk about that, and it would serve us to a small degree because it would excite us a little. It'd get us looking forward to heaven. But beyond that, I think it's more important that we understand the glory of God for now and for here in this life. It's like sometimes people will, will talk about maybe when someone gets uh, or doesn't get healed of a physical condition and they will say, well, you know, 
maybe they, they won't get healed on earth, but they'll get healed in heaven. Actually, you know, there's no sickness in heaven. He, some, sometimes when people want to put healing and those things into the future, into heaven, that's not necessary there, okay? You're not going to have a, a, a need for God to meet in heaven. There will simply be no need. There will be no lack. There will be no sickness to be healed of. There won't be any people limping down the street and we're going to have, go have to go over and minister the power of God to them. It just simply won't exist. These things are important for us in the here and now. And if, uh, I, you know, if I don't get a, an understanding of God's healing now, well, big whoop de doo in the future. Okay, and when it comes to the glory of God, and we're going to be looking in the, uh, into the very throne of God when we get there, I want to know about here and now what's available to me that I'm not walking in. What is there that God has provided that I'm living short of? If there's something, I want to know about it. Okay, I don't want to have some big surprise when I get up into heaven and say, you could have had this, and you could have walked in the glory. You're kidding me. You mean I was just living as a natural person, saved but living naturally, and I had access to the very glory of God? And I've heard too many stories, and I've experienced too many things in my life to, you know, how the Scripture says, taste and see that He's good. Sometimes you taste, you just got to have a little bit more, you know? You know, it's like Amy made cornbread tonight, and Whitley made cornbread, and uh and I don't typically eat a whole lot before, uh, well, I don't eat a lot, not at night anyway, but uh, before services especially, so I had a little piece, you know, with some honey on it, and, uh, and I, I ate that, I told her, I'm hungrier than before I ate this, <laughs> I, I, I should have left it, it's like, it's, it, it tasted good, and I wanted more and more, and uh, well, when it comes to the things of, uh, of the Spirit of God, and the kingdom of God, when you taste a little bit, you're drawn to more of it. And if someone said, I don't really know, what are you talking about, the glory of God, and, and uh, you know, is that some, something I really need? I mean, I just need some practical advice. I'm telling you, when you have a taste of the glory of God, His Spirit comes upon you, and there's a manifestation of His presence, you will want more. Absolutely, more than having the best ice cream in town, and say, i got to have some more of that. This is better than that, okay? But it's the same principle. When you get a taste of these types of uh, substances, if you could say it that way, you're drawn to have more and more. And I believe that we have more and more than we have really realized. There's more available to us, okay? And so we should not be satisfied with just simply living a natural life. Uh, The glory of God is something we should desire to be acquainted with. And we should be aware of it in our lives. Look over at the 11th chapter of John. John chapter 11. And read with me over here in verse 40. We don't have to read the whole context. This is the story when Lazarus, friend of Jesus, died, was dead for four days. And, uh, of course, Jesus raised him up. This is in the middle of this. John 11 and verse 40. Jesus said to her, Okay, he said, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? If you would believe, you would see. How many know believing comes before seeing? But what is key to us seeing the glory of God? Believing is key. To seeing the glory of God. Now we know how was the glory of God manifest in this situation. Well the glory of God took a guy who was dead for four days and stunk. Stinketh. If you read the King James. And it raised him up. He was supernaturally brought back. I don't know about you. I'd like to hear his story. Hmm dead for four days (laughs) heard some stories of some people who've been dead but dead for four days be pretty good story but that that's how the glory of god was manifest so we can see what does the glory of god do if we have the glory of god in manifestation in our in our lives and in our services what kind of things are going to happen well this would be one example jesus called this the glory of God and believing was the key to getting it to manifest. 
If they could believe and see the glory of God, you think we could believe and see the glory of God? See, this is where we need to understand, and I, you know, I touch on this every now and then, but faith is important in a church service. I'm talking about corporate meeting here right now. We have the glory of God on an individual level. I'm talking about getting together. Faith is important. Faith is not just, well, if I need something from the Lord particular, I need to have faith for healing or faith for something and answered prayer. Yes, that's true. Faith is involved in going to church. And this is where if people don't recognize that, they show up to church like they show up to a movie. Are you listening? I don't mean they got a bad attitude about it. They're looking forward to it. But they don't recognize the difference. This is not, when we get together, it's not just about, I'm going to find a good comfortable place to sit and watch. Maybe get some popcorn. Get a Coke, you know, and sit back and watch the show. Okay? No show. All right? Our heart and attitude should be different when it comes to having church. It's different than a movie. Nothing wrong with the movie. Go have a movie. Relax. Kick back. Don't expect anything. But when you come into the presence of God and say, Lord, I'm coming to hear from you, coming to meet with you, coming to get with God's people, to have a time with the Lord, I'm going to have a different approach. I'm going to have a different attitude, and I'm going to use my faith in relationship to this. Why? Because if I will believe, I will see the glory of God. I will see the glory of God. And there is no question that what we expect and what we believe is the biggest, and I'm hesitant to say the biggest, is one of the biggest elements that determines what god is going to do i know that god sometimes has a time and a place for things but what we expect is so critical and i know this from personal experience i know this from fellowship and and sharing with other uh contemporaries of mine who who at sometimes you know you pray hard you get the best message you can ever get together and it it just is kind of okay and you have another time where you don't hardly do anything. You know what I mean? You just got so busy, didn't you? Felt bad going in. Think I didn't have enough time to prepare. Didn't have. Didn't spend enough time in prayer. And God shows up in amazing ways. What is up with that? It's called have people come with a heart ready to receive. Do they believe? When people believe, the glory of God can come, and it's very important. I know this. From being in different places, well, friend and a friend of mine, uh, we were talking about this recently, and uh, well, I'll just I'll just tell you this, uh, my you know Jim, my brother-in-law, uh, who ministered just a couple weeks, whenever that was, yeah, a couple weeks ago, uh, he was going to a place this last weekend in Washington to minister. And uh, they were having some type of conference, and he was sharing with me, because he had never been there before, didn't know this pastor except over the phone, and, uh, and the pastor asked him to do some different things, and it was a different sort of group, and the pastor told, told Jim, he said, I want you to, he said on the phone, he said, do you prophesy? And, and it kind of took him back a little bit, like, well, you know, don't you kind of isn't that kind of up to the Lord if he's going to give me something and, and, and so forth? And anyway, he got into this, these meetings with this group, and that is their big emphasis, okay? They really get together, and, and he, was, he was sharing with me what they would do. The pastor would get up, and he, the way they, they spoke, they called it giving Jesus to somebody. And in the service, they had a certain time in their service where... Uh, he had all the people. He said, now I want you to go give Jesus to somebody. And the people would all, they'd stand up and they'd get with, they'd get with each other, grab people's arms, and they'd start prophesying to each other. And, uh, and if some of them didn't, he got all over their case. And uh, they say, well, say <laughs> well, basically, now stay with me before, you, before you're too critical of this. We know it's a little bit different. Uh, but he would tell he would tell them if you can't do it in here, how are you going to do it out there? 
And don't get me wrong, there's some truth to that. Now, now anyway, uh, say, was it, I mean, I'm telling you secondhand, so uh, say, was there anything weird? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but, here, here's the deal now. I, so I asked, I asked Jim, so how, after he did the meet, so how, how'd it go? I, I, you know, did you do some good prophesying and stuff? Because I was teasing him ahead of time, said, did you practice your prophecies? <laughs> and, you know, maybe a tongue and interpretation. I said, you know. You could get one from somebody else, maybe memorize that, <laughs> and just hassling him a little bit. And, uh, and so I talked to him about what happened as he went there, and he said, man, he said, it was so easy to prophesy there. He'd get in front of people and just start knowing stuff. And I could tell you more about how it was different. But here, here, here's the point and the reason I'm telling you. They, that, this particular church, don't even know the name of the pastor, they have exercise themselves that way they come with an expectation for god to move that way were some people weird yes but some people are just weird period <laughs> and, and and especially if you give them license to do stuff they're gonna their their insecurities are gonna cause them to act in a strange way and it can turn th- turn off but here's what the, what also they had they had a lot of god's spirit moving in that particular direction, which is only one flow, you understand? But it's a, it's a flow that a whole lot of people are totally ignorant of. And, uh, and they would have people in their church, and uh, some of them came up to him, started saying things. He said it was, so, it was totally right. They had learned, and it, so it wasn't all a bunch of flesh. There was a little bit of that. It wasn't all a bunch of flesh. They had expectation. They believed, and the glory manifest in that in that way i'm telling you we can have a lot more than we really think we could sometimes we think well just have to wait on god if he'll do it then then it'll happen well if we'll believe god would be just thrilled to accommodate you with some glory with some manifestation of himself and some power and some revelation knowledge and some healing virtue and and uh, you know there's a we've we've been able to create uh in here a really good atmosphere and you know, one of the things uh, was when we do the healing meetings, we come and we know what's supposed to happen. And therefore, we come, and there are people that come on from the outside all the time and we're glad, but there's enough of us that come and we expect healings to happen. And it is just powerful. And it's going to continue to increase more and more. But I'm sometimes blown away by how I stand up in some of those meetings and I think, wow, I didn't prepare this much. I wasn't this good. I wasn't this... And God's Spirit comes in and bam, just manifesting because of the expectation that's there for that particular method of ministry. I think there's a whole lot more available. Say, so do you think we could have that prophecy kind of meeting? Absolutely we could. We could stir ourselves up. We could teach on it. We could spend some time. I'm, not, I'm going to be led by the Spirit if I think we're supposed to do anything, but uh, not going to change necessarily the whole you know, feel of our church over that testimony. I'm just telling you how this works. If you believe, you'll see the glory of God. What are we coming? What are we believing for? What are we expecting? And many times if we'll put a draw upon the Spirit of God, He will respond exactly that way. Instead of limiting, well, maybe God just didn't want to do that right now. Well, I wouldn't be quick to say that. Maybe. There could be, certainly God has some things He has planned and He wants to do at certain times. But I'm not going to be quick to say because something didn't happen, well, it wasn't God's time for that. I, I'm just not going to be quick to say that because I might realize, uh, I'm coming to realize, well, maybe I just wasn't going that direction. Maybe I didn't seek him for that. Maybe I didn't expect him to move in that way. And that's why he didn't move that way. Amen. What this does, again, blows off the limits of how God can use you. Listen, in that particular flow, these, these people, you know, again, who were they? Were they all pastors and teachers and evangelists? And No, they're people working jobs and just living their lives, married, raising families, just... Folks who've tapped into something. They expected something and God accommodated them. Where are we? And we can do that. I try to stir you guys up and myself up as well in the area of healings and miracles. Because I just have a, a strong desire to see that. 
And what happens? Well, we can have that the more we stir ourselves up. You, you'll see miracles in Walmart. See miracles on your job. And I've seen this happen many times uh, through people who will just choose to say, okay, I'm going to expect God to start using me in that way. Makes you want to read about the works of Jesus, huh? Things that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these. Go with me to Exodus 24. Exodus 24. And over here, let's, be, let's begin reading in verse 15. Let's see the glory of God in our lives. Amen. 24, 15. Then Moses went up into the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now, how many know that this is one manifestation of the glory of God? Sometimes we see this in Scripture, so we could see it here tonight. We could see it in, in these times. Sometimes the glory of God will manifest, and it looks like a cloud. He said, the sight, verse 17, of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. So they looked up and they saw fire. Could the glory of God manifest in fire? Could that be one way that we would perceive and see God's glory? Well, you can see that in the New Testament, the day of Pentecost, right? Sitting in the upper room, started, wind started blowing. Sometimes God moves and wind blows. And there was there sat on each one of them cloven tongues of fire. Fire. I remember hearing a story some of you have read about in the early 1900s, 1907, I think, uh, down in uh, Los Angeles area, what, they, what we call the Azusa Street Revival. And there was a mighty outpouring, and people were baptized in the Spirit like crazy. And, uh, and what I was told, what I've read, is that uh, there were buildings that looked like they were on fire and people called the fire department and and they would come out to put out these buildings on fire but to get there and there was no literal fire it was a manifestation of the glory of god and people would see it and it looked like things were on fire could we have some fire in here that's one that's one way that god's glory will manifest Okay, so Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up into the mountain and Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights I don't know if you ever think about these things, but 40 days, 40 nights, that's a long time. I mean, that's kind of long. And, and especially, say, well, he was getting the Ten Commandments. I know, 10. <laughs> Not 40 million. I mean, I think you could cover quite a few commandments <laughs> in 40 days and 40 nights. Say, so what happened? I don't know everything that happened up there, but God was there. And I think when the glory of God is in manifestation, time doesn't mean as much. And time may pass. And you think, wow, it's already that time? The more of God's glory that is manifest, we stop looking at the watch. Maybe you've had times in your own life where you've spent some time in prayer. And you prayed for five minutes and it felt like an hour. <laughs> But if you've prayed more and spent time over and over, you've probably had some times where it, maybe an hour passed and it felt like five minutes. Well, you're more in the realm of the glory of God. And things of this earth grow strangely dim. They seem less and less important. And I, I, I kind of wonder if Moses even knew. What? It's been 40 days? It feels like I just got here. Can we hang out another 40 days, please? That's the way the glory of God is. Uh, and listen, we're going to be in this forever in heaven. I want some of this now. Because that's a given. That's going to be there whether I believe for it or not. But if I'll believe now, I'll see the glory of God here in this life. 
and in my life. What can that mean? Oh, it can mean some good things. Look at the 33rd chapter of Exodus again. Exodus 33. And let's read verse 7. 33, 7. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. So it was when Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose, and each, one, each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. This is pretty powerful. They all saw this. They watched Moses go in and a cloud comes down there like a pillar and gets in front of the tent. I don't know about you. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> and all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door and all and the people rose and worshiped each man in his tent door so the lord spoke to moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend and he would return to the camp but his servant joshua the son of anun i mean the son of nun a young man did not depart from the tabernacle all right, and this shows this shows the hunger of the of his servant Joshua, doesn't it? He he was the kind of guy who would linger. He was like Jesus when he was twelve. Remember Jesus hanging out in the temple, you know, talking with people. He, he, they wanted to lock up. Church is over, man. Go home, and they'd stay. And Moses would have his meet. He's done with his meeting, and and Joshua would hang out. So I'll take a little bit more. Let's get a little bit more of this. I like this. Amen. Not in a hurry to leave. Not in a hurry to get out and get busy and watch TV. Well, my show's coming on. No, the glory's here. The glory's here. I'll take some more of that glory. Uh, then, then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up these people, but you have not let uh, me know whom you will send with me. You have said... Uh, yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way, that I may know you, and that I may find grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. That's the correct attitude, by the way. That is the same heart that we should have. Now, we know if you know New Testament scriptures, he'll never leave us or forsake us. But carry that type of attitude with you in all your doings in life, in all your goings, that I'm not going without the presence of God. Lord, if you're not going to be with me, I'm not going. And that could be used more in a, in, a, in a sense that we know he's always with us, but he's not always with us in everything we do. In other words, this comes back to our obedience. When I love him and out of that love, I obey what he tells me to do. When I do that, God loves me and manifests. To me. In other words, His presence and glory go with me in manifestation. Whereas if I ignore what the Lord wants me to do and I go do my own thing, I'm still saved and He's still with me in, in that sense, but He's not with me in that endeavor. What does that mean? I won't have the success that I want. I won't have His hand of blessing on that particular thing that I'm doing. And so my attitude ought always be, okay, I can go here or go here. Where's the Lord going? Lord, are you going to be with me in here in going to this particular place? Because if not, I'm not going. Instead of, well, Lord, I'm going to go and I'm just going to believe that you're there. Or, Lord, I kind of you know, think I'm supposed to do this, but I'm just going to go over here and rebuke the devil on the way. And, uh, and I'm going to believe that, you, that you're going to, you know, take care of this. He's not. 
I don't think everyone's with me on this. Sometimes we, I think, can have the idea that because we have the Word, and we know Mark eleven twenty three, we know that we have authority in the name of Jesus, we can bind and loose and all these types of things, and those are biblical principles that we should operate in, that I can go anywhere and do anything by my own choosing, by my own will, and I'll, bless God, just control the situation and make everything work. No, you won't. Okay? We have to remember the other part of this. Remember Romans 10? If you confess with your mouth, remember, what are we supposed to say? Jesus is Lord. If we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, that's a part of this relationship too. It's not all about that I've been empowered and I can do anything I want to do. I still have to make Him Lord. That's kind of a big contingency to make everything work. Jesus is Lord, so I listen to what He says. I go where He wants me to do. And in that place, man, I am in charge. Living large. I, am, I'm, I have power and authority in His name. I can speak the Word. But I can't just ignore what He says to me and just go off footloose and fancy free and think I'm just going to dominate everything in life. No, I've got to go with Him. Have the attitude. Lord, are you in this? You in this decision? You in this move? You in this relationship? You in this, this choice that I'm making here? Because if you're not going with me in this, I'm not going. It's not worth it to me. Oh, but the opportunity there, you can't pass this up. The perks, the opportunities. I mean, you'd be a fool to pass this one up. If the glory of God is not with you in that, it's not going to be all it's cracked up to be. Okay? Amen. And so, he said, Lord, if if your presence doesn't go, don't bring us up from here. We'll just camp out in the desert. It's it's dry, it's ugly, it's not a really pretty sight. I've actually seen video of this area, and you know, they talked about the fire and everything. I've seen video of this mountain, and it still looks melted. It looks melted on the top to this day. It's all blackened, and, and the rocks down at the bottom and everything are not. Kind of interesting. But, uh, you know, Moses was content to stay there. It's ugly there. Just desert and nothing and he said no i'm staying here if your presence is here it's good i like rocks (laughs) if your presence is not here i know about milk and honey and promised land and all that but if you're not going to be there i'm not going to be there he said uh, verse 15 then he said to him uh, verse 16 for how then will it be known uh, that your people and i have found grace in your sight except you go with us so we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are on the face of the earth. There's a lot of revelation right there. What's the difference between you and a non-believer? The presence of God. What's the difference between uh, someone who has a true relationship with God and someone who's bound up in a false religion or a cult of some kind? Well, it's the presence of God. And see, you see why we have to have this? You see why this has to be a reality in our lives? If we're ever going to win the world, we can't just be like them, but we have different rules. We can't be just like them, except we can drink caffeine. Don't have to wear holy underwear. I didn't mean to say that out loud. What we've got to have is the glory of God. If we don't have the presence of God in our lives, it's hard to tell the difference. This is the supernatural aspect of the Christian life. It's very, very important that we have this. It's what separates you and I from everyone else on the earth. Can we see? There's only two groups of people on the earth. God doesn't see all the different groups and religions and denominations and all the different this and that and races. and No, there are some folks with the glory, some without. Verse 17, so the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And he said, please show me your glory. If you've seen a little bit of it, if you had a taste and a touch of who God is, that's your request too. 
That's your heart's desire, Lord. Show me your glory. Now, we're acknowledging that some of this, as we'll, we'll get to later on in the New Testament, it is already a reality in us as a believer. It is the new covenant. But if you're walking with God, you desire to know him more. If you've tasted a little, this is the response. Please show me your glory. I want to see your glory. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no one, no man shall see me and live. How many know when the Bible says no one shall see God? That refers to his face. You can see it right there. And the Lord said, here is a place by me. You shall stand on the rock. So it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. I'm really, like I said earlier, I'm very interested and I think it can be of great value to have you know, great teaching on various subjects in a church, you know, teaching on marriage, teaching on money, teaching on character, you know, teaching on evangelism. Teach, there's a lot of good subjects in the Bible that we can and should teach and have a part. And, you know, I'm all for a great seminar on a particular subject. And let's get that, get that down, really help people in that area. Uh, but I'm not ready to settle for good teaching without the glory of God. I'm not ready to be satisfied with a good word without power, without God's very presence to make a difference in what we have. And, you know, I'm not calling any, anyone by name, but some churches do. They're satisfied with a good seminar. They're satisfied, well, we, had, we did a really good teaching on whatever subject, not questioning whether they did, not questioning that it didn't help some people. But I do not want to create a, a place and have an atmosphere where if we have a good outline, a good curriculum, then we're good with that. We're satisfied with that to where almost... You could have a secular club next door and they could do some, some good teaching on uh, marriage and teach on communication and teach on respecting each other and teach on this. And we basically have the same thing. Except, well, we're Christians and we do it. I'm not okay with that. I believe that we should never be satisfied with less than the manifestation of God himself. So what about, yeah, I think we should teach on, have a good, good teaching on marriage with the glory of God. Oh, yeah, we should have good uh, instruction on finance and money with God's presence there with it. <laughs> so that everything we do, it's, it might look on, to some like it's the same as someone without God, but when there's a presence of God there that can't be explained, how, 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 what, do we do, what do we do with that? Okay. And I'm telling you, we already have this. And there's more. How? What do you mean? I don't mean there's any more of God. He's God. He's all of himself. But there's more of his glory that can manifest. He manifests in the Old Testament and New Testament too, but different times in wind and fire and cloud and smoke and times when people couldn't even stand up. They couldn't get off the floor because God's presence was so strong in manifestation. And I don't believe in conjuring up or trying to manufacture or act in such a, an emotional way that would try to act like something's happening that's not happening. But at the same time, my expectation is for the glory of God to manifest even greater and more than we've ever seen before. The glory of God. Amen. We should come to church with the desire to see more than each other. Now, hopefully we like each other. 
and we look forward to fellowship and seeing each other, but it's more than that, because we could meet at the gym. You know what I'm talking about? We could meet at a restaurant and hang out, and that's fine and good, and enjoy one another, but we should also come to see Him. I want to see God. What do you mean? I'm talking about spiritual eyes now, eyes to see the moving of God's Spirit and what He wants to do, and ability to operate in a, in a realm that most people live oblivious to. It's the realm that created this realm. It's the realm of the Spirit that existed first that we'll live in and already live in forever. How many know we are spirit beings? We live in a body, but we have the ability to operate in two different realms at the same time the spirit realm and the natural realm and those who will learn to understand the voice of God and to hear what God is saying and doing will rise above their counterparts who will just live in the natural just live in the flesh they will hear things from the spirit of God they'll know things before they happen they'll see things that the average person doesn't see there'll be a depth to them people will uh, People will, uh, will look at them and be confused and not understand. They will not be able to explain. But you're operating in something that's beyond them. It's available to you. It's available to me. We can have insight that people don't have. I, I can remember meeting a, a particular uh, person years ago. Um, and this, the, this person, when I, when I first met him, he was a, he, he's a, a person in the ministry as well. And uh, when I first met him, I was introduced to him. He said hi to me, and he looked at me, and it was pretty wild. Because before he ever said anything, I thought, because he wasn't weird, but he looked right through me. I thought, wow. <laughs> and he said, then he said something to me. Well, I'll tell you what he said. Some of you heard this message. God's going to do great things with you. <laughs> Anybody remember that message? He was one of many people that, that came along saying that. And it said, God's going to do great things for you. But I just remember, man, he wasn't just looking at me naturally. He wasn't just looking at my physical characteristics. He was looking beyond. He was seeing what God was seeing in me. He was seeing what God was saying and doing. This, is a, this, is, this potential is for each and every one of us. Okay? There's a potential when you go to do business with someone. That you look beyond the natural and you see, man, this guy's a shyster. This guy's about to do something crooked here and, and no thanks, I'll not use you. <laughs> you just have an advantage in life. Amen. He who's spiritual, doesn't the scripture say, judges all things. But he himself is judged of no one. Amen. And so, it's a good thing to see. We'll finish up here now, for now. It's a good thing to see physically. I thank God for physical eyesight. But you know what? It's even, it's even better. It's even more important to see with a spiritual eye, to have a spiritual eye to see what's happening and what God is doing, to see the glory of God. And uh, when you can see something with your spirit, you're able to reproduce it in the physical world. You know why some people can never get healed? They can't see it. You got to see it, man. You got to see it on the inside before you can be it on the outside. And when we see it, our vision determines what we will become in this life. Oh, that's why we, we've been instructed to pray. We've been instructed to pray in the New Testament that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we'd have a heart to see. A heart to know and understand and see. What's that talking about? Not helping you learn math. Fine, learn math. Not helping you, you know, learn some natural thing. Fine with all those natural things. It's talking about us entering into another realm. Understanding spiritual truths that have been hidden for ages. They've been open unto you. Been open unto me. Come on now. This is the way. We're, we're in the sorority. You know the secret handshake. You know the secret code. Anyone who accepts Jesus gets in on hidden information. We have access to things that other people cannot see. They're, they're veiled from it. 
But once someone comes to Christ, once someone receives the Lord, they're given the secret handshake and now they can understand. It's why Jesus taught sometimes and he taught in such a way where some people wouldn't have a clue what he's talking about. And other people would. Who would? Well, in his day, he talked to his disciples. He explained certain things to them. He said, it's not for them to know. Why? They weren't in. They're not on the inside group. Are you? They weren't in the, in, in, the, in the inner circle. But are you? Can be. How many know anyone who receives the Lord, you get access into the very secret things of God. Things are no longer hidden. You know, how many, how many thousands of years did those Israelites wonder, what in the world is going on there in the Holy of Holies? You know, it was a, such a holy place, no one could ever go in there. The high priest, one person could go in there once a year. And everyone else, can I go in there and peek? Try it. Dare you. <laughs> they couldn't get in there. If they did, well, they're toast, man. And then Jesus came. He died and the, ra- the, the veil was rent from top to bottom. And all of a sudden, the glory of God, the holy place, the holiness of God was no longer confined to a certain place. And those who would receive the Lord the day of Pentecost, that same spirit came and entered into each person. And now we have access. And all of a sudden, wow, I can know him. I can see his glory. I can see it and live. I can experience God for myself and I don't have to die. (laughs) It's how powerful this is. But if you'll believe, you'll see the glory of God. Anybody ready to see some more? Amen. Praise God. Let's all stand up tonight. Father, thank you tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the glory of your spirit, the glory of your name, the glory of your power. Thank you for what you're doing in this day and in this hour. Lord, I pray for each and every person now that their eyes would be opened, opened to see the glory of God. And Lord, just as Moses saw some and he wanted more, he he met with you and he desired more to see more of you, more of your glory, more of your power, more of who you are, your very presence. Lord, we commit to that same purpose and heart's desire that we don't want to go where your presence is not. We don't want to be without the very glory of your presence in our lives. Teach us, show us, help us to experience and walk in the greater things, the greater glory of what you have for us in this day, in this hour. May we not miss out on anything, not miss a step in the plan of God and what you have for us, but help us to be very Uh, receptacles and containers of your glory so that it may manifest unto all who meet us may they be touched by you and by your power thank you for life today thank you for health and strength in us in jesus name hallelujah amen amen praise the lord well the lord is good tonight amen amen we don't have any music so i'll go ahead